Well, welcome. Uh, if this is your first time, by the way, and you're like, I have not been to church in a long time, and you're like, where, where is the organ? And, and he's not wearing a suit. And I don't know what that music was. It was good, but I don't know it was in church. And, you're, and th- there's many of us, as we get together, I mean, this is all the locations, by the way. When we get together, there are a mixture of us, just so you know. There's folks who have never been to church before. There are folks coming to church with ideas about church, already preconceived ideas, and there are some of us who have been a part of this for a while. I just want everyone to feel welcome because this is a place uh, that is a big deal to God. Church is a big deal to God. And so we're going we're gonna to go into some stuff. I'm excited. This is one of my favorite weekends ever uh, because we get to do some things that, that we all should be doing. But I know some of you, you're like, okay, last year was good. We're in the new year. Let's just go with this. And if I were to bring up a simple phrase like 2017, some of you are like, don't, ever, don't talk about that. Don't bring that up. It's, it's, it's over for some of you. It was uh, the worst year of your life. Some of you, it was the best. Some of you are like, yeah, it's mediocre. It's all right. Because uh, you're in 2018, and we're in 2018. You're like, this is the year some of you, you're, you're going to get married. You don't even know it yet, and you're going to get married some of you are like, really? Yeah, no. uh, you might be sitting next to them right now. Uh, some of you, you're going you're gonna to get your, your dream job this year. Some of you are going to have a kid for the first time. Some of you are going to graduate this year, in, in theory, as long as everything goes the way it's supposed to. And, you, you, and some of you are going to buy your first house. And so, it, 2018, for many, is is going to be epic. And for many, there's going to be pain involved too. And so for many of us, if 2017 was, was that painful thing, you're like, I, I just want to forget that. And David, I do want to engage this new year because this new year is going to be good. And we think that in order to move forward, right, we have to forget what happened. It's like, all right, all the bad stuff, which legitimately you may have encountered bad. You're like, I got to forget that. I got I to erase that from my memory and, and go forward. The problem is, if you try to completely erase 2017 from your brain, you're going to throw out the bad stuff that, yeah, you don't want to dwell on. I get that. But you're going to throw out good stuff, too. You're going to throw out stuff that maybe happened good to your friends or your coworkers, the people around you, and you're, you're going to try to get rid of it. Meanwhile, there's some things that you need to actually still hold on to. In fact, I would even, if you think about this, perhaps what you encountered in 2017 was bad. So you need to still have that locked in your memory for when the good happens so you can appreciate and value the good. And if 2017 was so good, you need to remember that for when you do encounter the bad. So as you've gone into 2018, let me give you some simple wisdom. This year must remember last year. If you want this year to have the potential that it desperately needs, if you want this year to be what you're hoping it will be, then you have got to refuse. I know for some of us, like, but it hurts. I understand. You have to refuse to forget. Now, I know some of you, this is like the worst 
news ever. You're like, I don't want to hear this sermon. I think now I need to get up and go. No, listen, you've got you've to dive into this. In fact, I would tell you, in 2017, one of the most dangerous things you could forget is what God did in 2017. Because there will be a day, if you've not already encountered it, that you will wonder, does God still do stuff? You'll still wonder, you'll process, is God still alive? Is God still caring about me? Maybe in 2017 you wonder, did, do you see me, God? Right? So you've got to, one of the most critical things, if you're going to look at 2017 and 2018, you're back, okay, what, what, do, what do I need to dwell on? I would say, if you want to just pick one, it needs to be God. What God did, you've got to remember God. Because if you remember God, you begin to walk into a new year and get to the potential that God put into the new year. Let me show you this wisdom that's not from me, it's from the Bible. Remember the things I've done in the past. Some of us are like, well, we got it in the Bible. Be careful. The the Bible is full of incredible stories. But because we have neglected to remember what God has done recently, we start to wonder if God has done anything recently. So do not neglect this. Remember the things I have done. God has done. Remember things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. We need to remember that. If you're like, how do I I reach the potential that 2018 has? You've got to remember what God did last year. And in fact, one of my favorite, call him Bible characters, I mean, he was real, King David, he led himself this way by remembering what God did. I'll show you. It's, it's, it's in the Bible again. I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works, talking about God, and think about what you have done. This is a big deal. In fact, this might be the biggest deal. If you want 2018 to somehow hit the target, let's just call it that, you and I, we've got to be very good at remember what God was done, has done. And, and listen, listen, you may not be able to recollect some stories right now. I'm like, well, I'm not sure he did anything. Well, I can, I can point one out. You're alive right now. So somehow he fed you in 2017. And many times, well, yeah, well <laughs> that's something. And that's a big something. And in fact, the Bible gets very direct about remembering what God has done. And in fact, the Bible gives us, let's call it a warning labor, label. You know, I mean, some of us, you don't read the warning labels. I mean, I really don't either. I mean, you see the chopped off hand that could occur. You're like, I wonder if I should read that. No, I'm not going to. Uh, you know, or you're like, I wonder if I should feed this to my children. Sure, it's good. No, and, and we don't read the warning labels. Uh, the Bible has a warning label about remembering, if you didn't know this. It's in Deuteronomy. Uh, remember the Lord your God. I, I underlined this for you. Uh, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. Now, we need to have a, a basic lesson right now, okay? Some of us think that if we're a Christian or we're a church that we can't ever talk about or try to be successful. Well, then what do you do with this? The problem with success is if you take the credit. That's the problem with success, is if you, if you and I believe that, that we achieved it by our own power. And no, what God does is most often going to happen through you and I. 
How scary is that? We talk about all the time that the next miracle that I believe God wants to do is probably nine times out of ten going to be through you. So when you read this, don't miss it. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But here's, here's the warning label. But I assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, you're like, I don't follow other gods. Well, I could make a long list of things that we worship. Worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Warning label right there. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. <laughs> I mean, warning labels are extreme when you actually read them. You're like, ooh, this, uh, something, something bad could actually occur. And I don't know if you are aware of this. In fact, last year, last year, at least from the best of my memory, last year was the first time we as a church went back and grabbed a hold of an ancient tradition called stopping. Stopping and remembering that God is God. And so it's not a long tradition for us. In fact, this will be the oh, second year in a row that we have stopped. Not moved fully into the new year. We refuse to. We refuse to move into the new year without remembering that God is God. God has done great things. God is powerful. And God loves us. So we as a church decide to take this weekend. So if this is your first time, you're going to hear a little bit about the past. And you're like, I didn't see or experience any bit of this. Some of you went to church about three times last year. I'm not pointing or looking at anyone directly right now. I'm just, and we're like, I don't remember. Well, that's the value. See, many of us wonder, what did God do? And I'm going to show you what God did. And in fact, I want to teach, okay? I teach it. It's a basic way to, to make sure that you give God credit, okay? Many times we're like, how do you give God credit? I mean, how, how does that actually work out? Well, I can teach you. There's, there's three questions that you ask at the end of the year or the beginning of a new year. You ask these three questions, and they help you and I lock on to what God should get credit for. Here, here's the first question. We need to ask about us as a church, what did we focus on? Now, we all would have a long list of different things, but I can speak directly to Fountain Springs Church and, and, and simply put, we, we focused on showing people who Jesus is. That was the, that was the focus. That was, that was it. And we did not do that perfectly <laughs> at all. In fact, I will show you proof as we go through this. We did not do this perfectly, but that was our focus. We all probably had different focuses through the year. And if you want to actually give God credit where God deserves credit, you have to ask, uh, what did I focus on? What did this church focus on? We focus on showing people who Jesus is. And in fact, think about it this way. Let's break up the different age groups of our church. And I can show you what happens if you focus on showing people who Jesus is. Let's talk about the kids. We value the next generation. Um, it's a big deal. Here's just some of the stuff. This is not all for those of you like, I would like a full list. This is not a full list. Uh, kids camp. We sent kids to camp. Like, off to camp. The beauty is the camp is in Rapid City, so it's great. 50 kids went to camp and got to hear who Jesus is. This is incredible. Decisions. 
106 kids decided to follow Jesus. We have a name for each of them. And, and some of us are like, oh, is this all about numbers? No, 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 no. I want to give God credit. You do too. And many times when we wonder, does God still do things? Does God still do things? Uh, 106 kids would be like, uh-huh. 106 kids decided to follow Jesus. Uh, we did 23 different dedications for children. If you're like, what is that? Uh, if you don't know this, we as a church try to gather around families and dedicate their child to the Lord. It's their choice, and they just dedicate that child. They don't save that kid. They, they dedicate them to the Lord, saying, we're going to raise this child to know who Jesus is, and, and they dedicate them. And we as a church gather around, and there was 23 different kids that were able to experience that. Families able to experience that. It's pretty incredible. But that's the kids. Then, then you got to grow up to the, the wonderful teenage years. Huh? Remember those? Yeah. Okay. Uh, winter retreat. We have winter retreat, uh, middle school, high school. Uh, 177 students went off to winter retreat to hear about who Jesus is. NTS camp, it's the summer camp if you're brand new. And, and by the way, we, we have a, a major agenda with this. In fact, so much so that a lot of times, well, camp, I mean, camp's expensive, okay? It's expensive to feed a teenager. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and the amount of Adults you have to have around so that they don't, they don't escape when they feel like escaping kind of stuff. Okay, there's just a lot of stuff that goes into to camp. And we've, we've, this is a heartbeat of ours that, that students matter and they need to know who Jesus is, right? So if you don't know this, we as a church don't let them sell cookie dough or brownies, which I would love to eat all of that. We, we, we provide scholarships where, where Fountain Springers just say, here's some money to help send a kid to camp. 193 students. 193 students went to camp to hear who Jesus is in a focused way. And the weekly attendance, I mean, if you could look at the numbers, it's even interesting to see 175 students. In fact, the recent numbers are over 200 students now who come on a Wednesday night to hear who Jesus is, to see their friends, to be around adults who will mentor them and, and, and even challenge them. Showing people who Jesus is, that's what we focus on. And we didn't leave the adults out, Okay. There are adults. Many of you are one of them. Let me show you about what went on with the adults. There's, there was groups, uh, over 800 adults were part of a group. If you don't know what these groups are, they, they play softball and, and volleyball and flag football. That's not all that they do, but some of you are like, wait a minute, I can have fun and go to a group. And no, they don't just hold hands in a circle and sing kumbaya and do a bunch of weird, no. Uh, th there were groups that got together that formed adults who processed grief together, processed pain together and hurts. There were groups that got together, just opened up the Bible, and were like, we're going to figure this out, and we're going to try to get this applied to our own lives. It's really incredible what goes on in groups. Uh, celebrate recovery every week. We provide an opportunity for people who are walking through some hurts, maybe even some habits and stuff like that, to walk through that in a safe environment. This was, this was neat. The, the fellows at RCMU will appreciate this. Uh, at prison, there's something called the Jesus Jamboree, where in prison, the prisoners lead a time of worship, and they even preach. And we've been able to be a major part of this. If you're wondering, did God do anything in 2017? I can show you all day long the incredible lives being changed 
at the prison here in town in Rapid City. It's incredible. Now, sometimes you're like, so it sounds like 2017 was pretty perfect for Fountain Springs Church. Should be nice. Actually, no. It did not go perfect. In fact, I can prove it. There are many times that I got to preach and just nothing articulate came out of here and things broke and messed up. And we thought, you know what we should introduce to this time where we're talking about we focused on showing people who Jesus is and be like, oh, good for you. Oh, no, we messed up all over the place. So for your enjoyment, (laughs) take a look at just some of the bloopers from last year. So if you're like, I don't want to camp out there, we must start running to others. We must start running to others. The the lights were not a part of an effect there. (laughs) But that was awesome. Some of you are like, they're going to play a dramatic video right now. (laughs) No, they're not. For more information on what we do and how to get connected, be sure to talk to our Next Steps team or check out the seat back in front of you. There, I just did the baptism, right? (laughs) See, unintentional parenting has consequences that you will regret. regret. You will find yourself... They come down to one final shot. (laughs) I don't even think I heard the rim. It's time for you to make a decision. Are you going to participate or spectate? It's time to get into the game. Hey, we've had a blast just being with you. Hope you've enjoyed. Sorry. Yep. All right. Hey, we've enjoyed. (laughs) Hey. 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 Hey, we've had a great time. We hope you enjoyed yourself. One question I want to leave you with. How are you going to participate in 2018? And I don't want to go there right now. One of our pastors will be up shortly to share today's message. So if you've checked your child into the art. Well, you had it, you're going. You wanted it. I did, and I didn't get it. I'll do it with more like, thank you so much. Hey Todd. Yes. Jesus went to church on Saturday. Yes, he did, that's true. (laughs) Perfect. Well, here at Fountain Springs, we believe that life is better together and group signups have started this last week and go ahead and have a seat and check out how groups have have impacted Karina's life. That's all folks. So uh, yeah, yeah. 
those are just a few. Those are the ones that I would allow them to show you. Uh, 2017 wasn't perfect. None of us are perfect. We mess up, and sometimes it's not a big deal. Sometimes it is. But if you're going to give God credit where credit should go to him, you've got to stop and then just first think, what did, what did I focus on? And we as a church decided to focus on showing people who Jesus is, and you know we did not do it perfectly. But that's not the only question. You then go to the next one. What did we learn? you, you got to go, okay, well, here's what I focused on. Now let's go a little bit deeper and be like, what did I learn? What did we learn? And, and if you're brand new, you, you, this, some of this what I'm about to tell you is brand new. By the way, I, I'm about to preach every one of the sermons from 2017. So just sit back and I'm just kidding, by the way. But if you missed out, we gather uh, on the weekends and we teach from the Bible. And, and God teaches us things. And if you're going to give God credit, you, you've got to make sure, well, what did, God, what did God teach me? What did I learn from God? So let's do just a little review. Let's go to the first half of the year. This, these are bit, maybe some reminders. As we went and, and taught different things, you'll see some of, some of this. You can identify this. It's the week that you came. Maybe you had the privilege of coming during this series. In your first week in here is when I talked about money. And you're like, what? I knew it. And, and that's when we talked about money. But we went through obstacles. Some of you, your favorite series was Country Strong. You loved it. And it has nothing to do with God. You're like, that was amazing, and country music's so good. No, it's not. And so we, we, we moved on from it, and, and we talked about identity and, and just uh, loving other people and, and basic life hacks. And Maybe some of this, you can now have a refresher in your mind of what, what you learned in 2017. Let's go to the second half of the year. And, and we got in, we learned how to be friends, because some of us are not very good at it. We had to learn it. If you don't have a good friend in your life, you should go watch that. How to make work meaningful. We went into even parenting. Probably one of my favorite, just to say, Stranger Things was, well, I just loved it. I mean, the music was awesome. Preaching was decent. But this is where we talked about hell and demons and Satan. Yay! It was, it was heavy. And, and that was one of my favorites. We talked about the heartbeat of our church, and we even got into kindness. By the way, uh, sometimes we talk about the last weekend of the year, and, and we use the words like, hey, we canceled church, right? Well, you, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> and in fact, uh, from the numbers I received, we, we had over 900 locations in operation during the last weekend of the year. If you don't know this, we didn't gather at our normal locations. But if you want to know if we canceled, we didn't. In fact, that weekend rivals Easter. If you want to know who tunes in, over 900 households tuned in, over five or 6,000 people on Facebook watched, and we got the gospel out. So cool. Don't think, we, we didn't cancel. But I want you to think, what did you learn in 2017? If your answer is nothing, you got a problem. Because every one of us needs to be teachable. Every one of us needs to walk life in the posture of, hey, I don't know everything. I don't have everything put together. So you've got to be learning. And then you can begin to build this memory moment, this remembering what God has done, by what I focus on and what I learn. And let's land this with the third question. You have to ask, what was really meaningful? And this is when we begin to really discover what God did in the life of this church and in our individual lives, the lives of our family, our friends. What was meaningful? 
Now, as a church, we look at this very specifically. In fact, I would tell you one of the most meaningful things to ever do with your life is to tell someone else about Jesus. The, those are the most meaningful moments. And, and those are not something we've made up or, hey, that sounds neat for you. No, it's from the Bible. Uh, Romans, I'll show it to you. <laughs> uh, so faith comes from hearing. Faith, for those of you like, I wish I had more faith in God. I wish I could trust God more. I wish like, I, I wasn't so just like wishy-washy. I, I wish I had faith, right? So faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. And so we as a church set up a few very meaningful moments to tell people who Jesus is. If you're new, I can show you what those are. Easter. Easter, 7,738 people, to our best counting, <laughs> attended Easter at the Civic Center. Some of you, that was your first time ever with church. And you're like, I don't know, Civic Center seems like a safe church to go to. And, 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 and you came in, and we're glad that you came and even stuck around. Christmas, 5,864 people came to hear, whether they knew it or not, all about Jesus, all about the good news about Jesus Christ. And it was fun preaching a million times. I counted them. Uh, but I got to tell you, it was a rich time. Six hundred and eighty-seven people in 2017. Those are the names we could have. Said yes to following Jesus. And if you want to know, did God do anything in 2017? Does He deserve any credit? Yes, He does. You could ask probably every one of them, and they would say, "Whoa, 2017 had its ups and downs, but that's the year I decided to follow Jesus." We were able to baptize 299 of them. Some of you who are just like type A, you're like, not one, we couldn't find one more. <laughs> like, like, it's gonna bother some of you now. Some of you, you're like, you're the person who didn't show up, and you're like, oh man. But how dare we? How dare we move too fast in life? How dare we let the pace and priorities that other people try to dictate in our lives. How dare we let that dictate what we do? No, we choose to stop and remember God is good and he still does things. Now, some of you might be worried, like, oh, so this is a, a weekend church. Like, we only do church on the weekends. Oh, no. Uh, all year long, every week, every day. In fact, let me show you some more about what we found meaningful. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Some of us really struggle with this. I'd struggle with this. There's days, I've told you, I love for, to really only think about my own, my own interests. But we as a church, we've got to be a healthy church. And what's meaningful is being involved in the lives of other people. And if you want to see, if you want to see what God did through you, you've got to see this. Paying attention to the interests of others. Love week. This is isolated love week. 1,632 people gave up some sort of time and energy and served 88 organizations. Some of us like, there's 88 organizations? Schools, nonprofits, all over the region. Shift Garage, we have our own uh, car garage. I know for some of you, like, what? Uh, we fix cars for people 
who need a little boost. They, financially, it's tough to go to a regular uh, place to get your car fixed, so we have our own. We repaired 117 cars in 2017, donated 21 cars to people. And here's what I love, 2,599, again, someone should have showed up for one more hour. <laughs> 2,599 hours volunteered to repair vehicles. We saved people over $125,000. Sometimes we talk about what we give, and we do give. We give. But we should highlight what we're able to save folks. We have a construction crew, if you didn't know that. People, some of you who are like, you can build things and they stay like built, stay together. They work after you get done. Uh, we have a bunch of folks like that, and they go out and about and just help people. And I thought, and I, I'm, you need to know I'm not exaggerating any of this. We saved folks over $200,000 last year on getting into their lives, repairing some of the things in their homes, getting involved, taking care of the interests of other people. God deserves credit for that, right? Which when you and I look at those verses and like, okay, God's the one who provides success. It's not that we tout numbers or people, but God. Look what God can do. This is not just one person. This is God. But again, if you're like, but it seems like numbers heavy. Okay, 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 okay. Let's go all the way down. We talk about anyone and everyone matters, right? Anyone and everyone. So let's talk about one. I'll show you one story of one person who's willing to share their story and talk about how meaningful God is and what God has done in their life. So just take it, take a second. Listen to Carrie's story. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. My parents were strong Christians. They were supportive. Um, we didn't have much, but they, they were good at answering our questions of our hearts and helping us to know our value and our worth and, and who God was. As I hit adolescence and started taking my questions of my heart to boys and other things, that's when my life really kind of started to become a roller coaster. I, was, I finally married a guy who I thought was a Christian, and um, through our six years of marriage, he was very abusive. He was emotionally abusive to myself, and emotionally and physically abusive to my kids. I spent most of my, my time just protecting them, and I would take the brunt of it so that the kids wouldn't be hurt so bad. And it began a very long, brutal assault. The divorce was long. The attack was long on my heart, and at that point I was really a shell of a person anyway. So I came from just a shell of a person out of my previous marriage. He brought the true love of my life back into my life and he brought a man who had already come to grips with who God was for him. So my husband was a firefighter and first responder in the Air Force. He was a first responder when he was 16, running on the ambulance, and then when he was 17, he joined the military, became a firefighter. Um, he was injured at one point, and so he was then in dispatch on base, and, and then again in the civilian world afterwards. There came a point in our marriage that, although he had been, although he was a fantastic father and his faith carried our family in more ways than we can ever imagine. 
He was our rock. There came a point in our marriage where he just continued to hold me at arm's distance and I didn't understand. My husband built walls up. He had prayed so deeply with God, but he wouldn't allow me in. I had, my husband called me to take him to the emergency room that he thought he was dying. He couldn't breathe. His heart, his chest was racing. Two weeks later, we had a diagnosis of severe PTSD. The man that had been my rock and that had held our family together was no longer able to even understand what was going on in his mind. That's when God really spoke to me that it was him that needed to fill my void. And that's when he taught me to hear his voice and helped me to be strong when I really shouldn't. I really had no reason to be strong with everything our family was under. But he filled the void in the best possible way. You know, in this life, we have a lot of pain. You can't get away from it. That's just the life we live in. But when you choose to rely on God and to understand his heart and his character and to trust and believe that he's good even through the tough stuff he's brought our family restoration my husband and i now have a relationship that nothing will be able to rock and i hear god's voice and i know his heart and his character and i know that there's nothing that we can go through that God won't pull us out of. And I get to speak into my husband the truth of who he is. The truth and not the lies that he sometimes lives with with depression. And that's a gift to be able to know what the truth is. And that's only because God has told me what the truth is. So I have a hope even during the tough times because I know that God will get us through no matter what. I could tell you there are stories after stories of folks who did see God do great things in 2017. Folks who saw it from a distance, some saw it up close, some experienced what God can do when He intervenes in your life. 2017 was an incredible year and God deserves credit for it. But we are in a new year, 2018. I wonder what you're expecting for 2018. I mean, I, I don't know each of you, but I would imagine you have expectations of 2018. Well, when you talk about us as a church, you should also have expectations, maybe expectations of things that will be meaningful, things that you will learn, things that you will be a part of. Perhaps some of what we reviewed now, you're like, I want to be a part of some of that. Well, I, I can tell you some of the glimpses that, yeah, we're going to have Easter at the Civic Center, and, and yeah, we're going to do some of those incredible moments like Love Week and Christmas and all that. But each weekend, I don't want you to miss out. We're going to talk about the basics of life and how to, 
how to succeed in life with God. We're going to talk about how to live life if you're single. Come on, no, no amens. You got that figured out? Sweet. Well, it'll just be a review for most of you. Uh, how to live life as a married person, how to lock that in, how to overcome failure. Uh, we're going to do another music series, and it will not be country music. Okay? Oh, get a clap on that. Sweet. It's great. It's great. We're, we're going to have the same focus. We're going to show people who Jesus is. It's going to be another year focused on that. But I want, I want to help you. If you're like, I don't know what to expect for 2018. I don't know what to do with 2018. Maybe some of you have already failed at your goals and your resolutions. You're like, I don't know. Let, me, let me ask you maybe a bit more potent of a question. Who will have your awe in 2018? If you want to know behind the scenes, specifically in 2018, as the pastor of this church, I am going to try to lead as aggressively and intentionally as possible, helping anyone and everyone have an awe of God. And if you want to know the, the, the subject line behind every series that we do, everything we do, all the stuff that you see and don't see, it will be all about awe. Who will have your all in 2018? Hopefully, hopefully it's God. I can show you where I've been studying and getting this from in, in Exodus. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, it's when God like split a sea, then put it back together. It was epic. They were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. You're going to hear the word awe more than you ever dreamt of hearing the word awe. And some of you are like, I don't even know what the word means. I'm glad you asked. Here's the definition. Here's what awe means. An overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, and fear. The good fear. The fear of when you have an authority, a person of great power, and you're like, I acknowledge that. I believe God has called us, very specifically, to be a group of people who have an awe in God, not in other things. In God. And so I'm telling you, this is the word, and this might weird you out, I don't care. Uh, I have a word, typically, that leads my year. I have asked God in the previous year, God, would you give me a word that's going to lead me the rest of the year? And, and he gave it to me early, which I was like, I think you're a little early, can you wait on this? It was awe. It was so early, I was like, well, I just started peppering in into different sermons, and awe is a big deal. So then, I talked to the staff, asked them, like, I want you to pray to God and ask for a word to lead you, and then I told him, all right, here's how we're going to lead the whole church, the word awe. For 2018, if you ask God for a word, I hope he gives you awe, because that's what we're going to be focused on, being in awe of God in every avenue of life. I think marriages, parenting, work, school, everything should have the anchor of being in awe of God. So let me take you back where we started. Remember the things I have done in the past. If you do not live in all of God, you will struggle with that. Because you might be tempted to think that you came about your own success. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Perhaps you would be willing to make a commitment. I'm not going to make you fill out a card or or come up, stand up, raise your hand or anything. But maybe internally you'd be willing to make the commitment that, okay, there will be things in 2018, and one of them is I'm going to try to live in all of God.
Now that can seem daunting. You're like, I don't even know how to do that. Well, good, we're gonna do a series on it, okay? So I'll help teach about what it looks like to live in all of God. But just let me, let me show you something. One of the books that I read, a quote, I think this was helpful. Darren Hardy said, uh, it's not the big things that add up in the end. It's the hundreds, thousands, or millions of little things that separate the ordinary from the extraordinary. So perhaps you might start a new tradition where once a day you will stop and say, God, I just acknowledge that you're the one who's making my heart beat. Maybe it'd be God, the meal we're about to eat, you provided it, and we're in awe of that. Maybe there'll be times you, you look at your spouse or a friend or one of your kids, or you just realize you have a job, and you're like, I'm in all of you, God. It's the small things, the small moments. Maybe you'd be willing to make 2018 the year that you actually lived in all of God. I hope you'll join this whole church on that journey. I think it's going to be a rich time. And I can tell you this, we will not cease from showing people who Jesus is because he's incredible. Let me pray for you. God, you are amazing. There are days, I'll be very honest with you, God, that I don't feel those feelings. And I would imagine that there are others who feel that same way, where there's days that just don't feel it, and there's days that we do feel it. God, we just want to surrender 2018 to you. Lord, for those who need healing, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal them. For those who need restoration, I would pray in the name of Jesus that you would restore their souls. For those in broken relationships, those who might be living in an addiction or just feel trapped, in the name of Jesus, God, would you give them freedom and peace. And formally, God, I commit to you that 2018 will be another year that this church shows people who Jesus is. And we will do so in all of you. We love you. We thank you for these moments together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.